I'm Dan Hebert, Financial Planning Program Director and Advisor to the Financial Planning Club here at MSU. And welcome to the Mad Money Talk podcast, podcast by students for students, helping you make the best choices you can with your money while you're still in school and also when you're getting started in your career. Topics will range from how to save money, how to invest, how to understand your benefits once you've entered your careers. And it's all in a fun environment. As you listen to each episode, jot down at least one thing you can apply today to make a difference in your money. Now, on with the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Mab Money Talks. I am your host, Dan Hebert. Welcome again to episode five. We've got an action-packed episode today. Uh, with us on this podcast, we've got Aiden, Austin, and Charlie. And what we're going to do in this episode tonight is switch gears a little bit from what we talked about in episode four and talk about probably your least favorite subject, and that's budgeting. But it's an important part of overall personal financial management. Think about budgeting more as cash flow and how to increase your cash flow or just manage your cash flow as you make financial decisions um, during the year or during your time here at Minnesota State. What you'll find too is each of our three uh, hosts, Austin, Aiden, and Charlie, all have different methods on how they do that. And that's fine. I think what your goal could be as a suggestion is to listen to each one as they describe how they work through their methods that they use, and maybe just decide on which one is going to be the best fit for you, if any. I think the main thing is to have some kind of a system to keep track of your income and expenses. That way you can find money that's slipping through the cracks, number one. Number two is you can find dollars to put towards your goals, whether it be paying off your tuition, putting it into savings, maybe even putting into long-term investments. You have to have the cash first in order to make all of those three things happen. So we're going to start it off, and we're going to start off with Aiden. And Aiden, uh, why don't you give our listeners just kind of the, the down low on how you work through your budgeting? Yeah, sure, Then No problem. I um, typically take a, a little bit of a different approach uh, to budgeting. Um, I don't necessarily use any of these new apps that have um, become increasingly popular in the last couple of years. But what I want to talk about just for a quick second before talking about what I do to manage my money is really talking about uh, what I did before even starting. And that was sort of the financial goal setting um, piece that I did before I even started managing my money, watching my money. Um, and as a good rule of thumb, uh, it's it's good to keep your financial goals in the SMART category. Uh, SMART is an acronym. Uh, you want to keep them specific, um, which, you know, a, a detailed account of what the goal um, is and what you want to achieve. You want to make them measurable. Uh, so setting goals that measure your progress over time. You want to, the A stands for action, um, which includes what actions you're going to take to reach that goal. Um, the R is realistic. Uh, the goals should be reasonable. Um, so, you know, winning the lottery probably isn't going to happen, um, but they're also challenging, right? They're going to take some dedication and discipline over time to reach them. And the T is time sensitive. Um, your goals should be able to be completed within a realistic timeline. You know, if you want to say you want to make a million dollars in three days, well, that's probably not 
very realistic. A uh, million dollars over several years. Okay, maybe that's something to shoot for. Um, so what I do before even doing anything, I write down uh, short-term goals. Um, and I have you know one or two goals, maybe even three. And then I write down steps to completion. And when I review these goals, I make sure that they're um, smart, you know, specific, measurable, um, actionable, realistic, and time sensitive. So I ha do have a document that um, we will be uploading um, to a determined location um, that outlines this. And it's the exact same document I use. It's what I write my goals on. Um, and I'll have that uh, uploaded for the listeners out there. The second thing I want to talk about before even doing anything is I track every dime or cent that is spent or received um, in sort of a spending log. Uh, I do not like not knowing where my money is. You know, I'm one of these people that is checking my bank account probably three times a day just to make sure everything is still adding up. So I do, a, I have crafted a spending log um, that I use myself every day. And it's just a Word document, very simple. You can print it out. You can use it in Word. Um, I personally, I, I like printing mine out and actually having to write down what I spent money on. Uh, it, it gives you a second uh, to look at, did I really need to spend that when you actually physically write it out? Um, I try to stick to the necessities, but anyways, that's a great way to track your expenses and see on paper and in, in front of your eyes, what exactly is coming in and going out. Like Dan said, this is a lot of um, cash management and, and putting everything in the right place and trying to maximize profitability. Now for me personally, my the way I track it is through an Excel document. Um, very simple. I really just track what comes in, what comes out. And what I do at the end of every month is I track how much money I've spent and I break what I spent into categories. With college, it's a little bit variable. Um, but when I work on, I've really worked on trying to, you know, we talked about in one of the earlier podcasts, food is a big thing. I've really worked on trying to save and be uh, by the most affordable groceries and the, with the least amount of money. I'm not trying to buy things I don't need and really just everything I purchase goes through about three cycles of thought, whether I, this is a necessity or it's a want. Um, and in college, it's very hard to really separate the, the wants and the needs. You know, you need food to live, right? That's obvious. But you might not need to go out to an expensive restaurant or get fast food multiple times a week. You know, there's a lot of um, tips and trips, tips and tricks to save money and things like that. Um, so the, really the way I do it is just the Excel document. I plan everything that goes in and out and I keep track of it in a spending log that I write by hand. And I just try to stick towards my financial goal setting log. Um, but yeah. That's fascinating. So I, um, thanks for breaking that out. A couple of questions for you. Yeah. Um, so you start the year, just kind of outline your goals. You use the SMART method, which is a tried and true method for sure. Um, if uh, I could ever add anything onto the SMART method, it would be maybe to think too maybe about your objectives. Why are you saving? What's, what's that um, look like for each individual? What are you trying to accomplish with your dollars? And as you say, both short-term and long-term. Um, question, I just wanna make sure from a clarification standpoint. So on, the, on your goals, you put that into a Word document but on your expenses, as you break them down by category, you use an Excel spreadsheet. Do I, did I hear that right? Or do I have those mixed up? Yeah. So I write financial goals just in a Word document. And then I have a little spending log that I print out. I've got like about 
probably a hundred copies just in my desk drawer. And I write down every time I spend something, I write down what I spent it on, where I spent it on, how much it costs and the method of payment, um, okay. whether it was credit card, you know, debit card, cash, whatever it was. Um, that just helps me visualize my expenses and see how much I'm spending. The Excel document really is something I update at the end of each month. So I take what was in the spending log and then I, you know, I balance it out with how much I made uh, through various jobs or whatnot. Um, and then that kind of gives me like a, a summary of the previous month of what just happened. So I'm getting ready to do it for December. Just had it. Uh, so early January, I'll get that done. But I just collect all my spending logs on paper is just the easiest way for me to do it. It can be done digitally as well. Um, there's a million things that will track that expense for you and things like that. But for me, it, it helps me save the most money and understand my expenses more if I visually see it on paper and I have to physically write it down. Gotcha. And as you say, we'll have it uploaded to our web page. Um, so you'd be able to check it out there. Um, I kind of also really liked how you um, described or just gave the perspective of food. You know, we could probably, you could go to Sam's Club or Costco buy a 50 pound bag of rice for, I don't know, 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could live on that for a month. I don't know. But, you know, you have to also just think about, is that the most effective way of, of eating? You have to eat to live. Um, but there are some boundaries uh, that you want to make sure that you stay cognizant of. And I, and I love the fact that, you know, watching where you go to eat, you know, eating out, dining, things like that, or just kind of keeping at it at a minimum. Um, and what would you say too? maybe you could have like a short term goal? Hey, if I could save this much. Uh, this month, and I could treat myself to, you know, having, a, you know, a decent meal at, at a nice restaurant. Is that something that you ever factor in? Or is that? I don't usually do that. I'm, I'm kind of in the process of just trying to I, occasionally, I'll, I will make like a larger expense, I, I will do that, you know, usually at the end of the year, uh, if I've really been proud of myself for saving money and doing that or working really hard, then I'll, I'll think, okay, well, I'll, you know, I've been wanting this for a year. I'll, I'll get it. Um, but I'm one of those people that really uh, like, do I really need it? I'll think 18 times back and forth before I actually make the purchase. So sometimes I just have to, to pull the trigger, but yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good. Well, thanks for breaking that out for us. Uh, in Austin, Charlie, do you have any questions before we segue over? No, I didn't did a great job. Yeah, good. Yeah, he's well, got He's made some great points, and I think I can build off them once it's my turn to, you know, tell how I budget. Yeah, good. Well, this might be a good segue to segue over to Austin. Perfect. So, Thanks, Dan. Yeah, take it away. Well, one of the biggest tricks within finance, or one of the biggest pieces of advice you could give a person is don't spend more money than you make. And when you tell someone that they seem astonished, but it's really that simple when it comes down to making a budget. So uh, Aiden spoke on Excel, which is starting to be more of an ancient way of budgeting, but I'm, on, I'm also going to collaborate on another older way and quite simple way of budgeting, which is on paper. So what I do is I use an app. It is called Every Dollar. Um, what every dollar's meaning is, is it wants you to take all the money that you make, all your cash flows, 
and you want to give every dollar a power to do something, you get the power to choose where you spend that money. Where when people hear budget, they get a little, little antsy because they're like, that means I can't spend any money. Where sometimes it means the opposite. It means you get the power to tell your money where to go. Because a lot of the time people get to the end of the month and they're like, where the heck did all my money go? But what a budget does is it gives you the power to say, nope, this is going to go here. This is going to go here. And I know exactly where it's going. So with what I do with my budget is I use every dollar. And it's really nice because at the beginning, it has an income category. So you type in what you're going to plan on getting an income for each paycheck or for that month. It could be a lump sum or whatever you're pulling out to spend. You just put down your income. And then it gives you a pool of money and then you're able to divide it out within the categories. You can do the same thing on paper. You can write down exactly how much you're going to make that month. A lot of people say, well, I don't really know how much I'm going to make this month, but I think you do have a good rough idea. And if you don't, you really just want to go on the lower end of it because it's always better to make a little more than you plan on. So you put in your income and it gives you a pool of money. So if I put in a thousand dollars at the top, it says I have a thousand dollars left to budget. There's three things you can do with money. You can give it, you can save it, or you can spend it. That's really all you can do with it. So there's a, right away, there's a giving category. So if your heart desires, if you have a heart for giving, you're able to put down how much you want to give. And then what I do is I go to my biggest expenses. For me, I'm in college. Most of us listeners are in college or paying for rent, housing, or mortgage. So that's my biggest expense personally. So I go ahead and plug in my mortgage and that. So if my, or my mortgage or rent, so if my rent is $500, it pulls $500 out of that budget. So now I have my remaining money to budget. And then I go, we talked about goals. I have saving goals. So then I prioritize saving second. So after putting in my rent, I put in my savings. And then after that, I kind of have everything else just to spend on myself, whether that's for gas, for food, restaurants, subscriptions, um, miscellaneous, lifestyle, health, whatever those are, you're able to go and plug in and it pulls out of that pool of money. And you can do the same thing with on paper. And then after, what's really cool about this app is once you kind of go ahead and put down what you want to spend, after you make a transaction, you can go ahead and put it in there. And like what Aiden was talking about, it logs it for you. So if I had planned for spending $100 in gas and I just put $30 in my tank, after I go and fill up, I can put that into my gas category and then it automatically refreshes and it says you have $70 to spend on gas. So that's really neat because that way you can see everything that's adding up and it adds up quickly. And after a couple months of budgeting, you're going to realize, hey, I'm probably spending too much on gas station cookies or donuts, or I'm spending too much going out to eat every single day. I've spent 90% of my income on just going to grab fast food instead of meal prepping or bringing, bringing leftovers to work or school or whatever that looks like. So I'm a really big advocate in the budget because it just really gives you the power, intentionality, and ideology on where your money is going. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, you know, again, it's just kind of interesting to give a different but good perspective than what we heard on Aiden. I really like 
how you broke it out between those three categories, about how you can put your money into all those three different places. That makes a ton of sense. And I think too, when you were describing that, and also kind of describing kind of more behavioral aspects to money is really kind of what I took away from how you described it. There's a kind of a movement called your money or your life. And the and I learned that years ago. It was a book I read and you know they've got now a website and all those things. And I still go back to it every once in a while. And kind of to what you're saying about money and how you're spending it, what are the priorities that we have? What's going to be the priority that's right for me? And so you'll find that you really look at your money differently when you think about priorities. Um, and is this going to make me any happier? And you'll find that a lot of things you can just cut out because it's just really kind of a waste of money. I'm not sure if it's exactly what you're saying, but you know that's really one of the things that I took away from that. Th thoughts yeah. on it? Yeah, no, and to collaborate on what you were saying earlier um, between like giving yourself like kind of a reward, like you're asking Aiden, that's a nice thing about this budget is because a lot of people maybe save too much money and they don't spend anything on themselves. So they're able to put make maybe a fun category or a clothes category or something and like set aside a little money to be able to treat themselves. Cause like I was saying earlier, you can only spend it, save it or give it. So you kind of want to diversify between those three. And what personally, what I do is um, I like to stay consistent within my savings, but then I like to pick a month and just kind of do like a no spend month where I don't spend anything extra on myself. That isn't like mandatory and just throw that all into savings. And that like really gives me a nice little boost within the savings account. So that's been just kind of a fun thing that I like to do. And then the next month, it'll be kind of like a spending month. Like, okay, I'm not going to save anything this month. I'm going to kind of, since I really uh, put away my nest egg, uh, yeah, my nest eggs last week or last month, I'm able to spend it on myself this month. Yeah, I think that's a great way of going. And like you say, you know, it's not, you, you don't have that feeling of, being deprived of something, you know, it's, I think just one different aspect. And I think, you know, kind of the, the thread that kind of goes together with you and Aiden in your talks is really, yes, it's keeping track of money. It's keeping track of expenses, but there's also some behavioral things in there as well. So it's not just about finding the right trick to save money it's really more of a behavior change and you can do it and you'll be better off if you do it but it might take some discipline i'm not sure if you agree with that or not but um you know just having that discipline in order to keep track of your money but also goals and once you reach those goals maybe treat yourself a little bit i think is fine yeah absolutely well, Thanks. I, think I got a question so do yeah. you invest and if so how much do you allocate? Is that like a percentage of your cash flow, or is it just once you've figured out your expenses for the month, then you just kind of put the rest towards investments? So how do you do that? Um, right now in the stage of life I am, I'm in, I'm in college, and we're kind of making this podcast towards college students. So right now, with my cash flow and what I'm kind of uh, um, sustained to right now is my education. That is my biggest investment right now. So all of my investment dollars are going into tuition. So what I do is I look at how much my tuition bill is going to be for the next semester. 
uh, just throw out a random number, say it's not a thousand dollars to say it is. And I have 10 months to save up for that. I divide that by 10 and it's like, okay, I'm going to prioritize a hundred dollars of saving every month. So that way I know I at least got my tuition bill next semester paid for. But I, I think there are lots of rules of thumb and with all of Dan's experiences, he could probably say that there's probably more templates and rules of thumbs that he's seen. I've heard 15%, I've heard 20, but it kind of just depends on the person and what you're able to do. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You're absolutely right. It's a rule of thumb. And you're absolutely right too, that it really depends on your circumstances. If you're way behind on your goals or your goals are fairly large, yeah, maybe 15 to 20% might be the right number. Um, but if they're more, maybe reasonable isn't the right word, but you know, maybe a little bit more reasonable, maybe 10%, maybe 15%. One of the things we teach in our retirement planning class is a, is a movement, and you can, guys can go look at this right now. It's called the FIRE movement, um, Financially Independent Retire Early. It's a movement that's out there. You can go ahead and Google it. Those people that belong to that movement, they're saving 50%, maybe 75% of their paycheck because they want to retire at age 35 and 40. Um, so again, it just depends on your perspective. It depends on your goals. You know, one of the things too, just kind of throw in my own version of my, my wife and I were just talking about this, you know, kind of to Austin's point, what, what we do, you know, when we first got married, yes, we did budgets and we kept track. And I think as time went by, we kind of adopted this thing called the automatic millionaire. It's a great book if you if you want to read it. What happens in that is you basically pay yourself first. So you put money into, like you say, Austin, into a savings account for your tuition, because that's your priority, right? And you just automatically, it just automatically comes out of your checking account. Hopefully it won't bounce, but you know, just comes out every month. Um, out of sight, out of mind, and you just live on the rest and you just figure out how to live on the rest. Um, for, for those folks that don't want to take the time to keep track of every penny, I'm not saying you shouldn't, that's, if it's a good approach if you want to do that, but this might be maybe an alternative. And it's not perfect either. Um, you're going to have to have the discipline to make sure that you're able to live on wh whatever else you haven't saved. But, you know, just another alternative. I want a quick comment on on yeah. what you just said, Dan, too, about the, the discipline. I, you know, I think when, especially as a college student, having the view of money that, I guess the average college student's view of money, I think everyone's really is a little bit different, right? It's, it varies from person to person, case to case, but having the discipline, it's not always going to be super awesome when you're saving money. You know, like what Austin was just saying, when I am setting away money for tuition and et cetera, it's not necessarily fun. I don't like having to get, you know, I would much rather, I was at a music store today buying guitar strings. And, you know, I see this beautiful $800 guitar and I'm like, wow, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Well, I don't really, you know, need that. So it's going to take the discipline to not do that. And, you know, it's kind of the rule of thumb that the, guy, the person that saves the money now and has the discipline to consistently do so will be set up better financially in the future. It's, I mean, a good analogy is going to the gym, right? You go to the gym a few days a week, you're going to be much better off in five years than if you go to the gym every so often when you feel like it. So I think that the discipline and growing that discipline is really, really instrumental in especially a, a college student's life. 
regarding money. Totally agree with that. Excellent point. Discipline is super important. I'll say this too, the kind of tag along, um, you know, saving money. Yes, it's a discipline, but it's, it's impossible to put a price on peace of mind financially to know that you've got your goals met. You've got money in the bank. You've got your investments plugging along. You can't, it's just an incredible feeling to know that it's just an easing of your stress level. And I can just tell you from working with clients that are, that don't do that, their lives are sometimes miserable. They're worrying about every penny. And if you can just have that discipline now and save and make good decisions, you'll just have that peace of mind. It's just priceless. And it's just really, just really priceless. Um, Thanks, Aiden. Appreciate your perspective on that. Last, but certainly not least, Charlie. Thank you, Dan. Um, so I have a different approach than Austin and Aiden, but similar to Dan, uh, that kind of millionaire, automatic millionaire approach you're talking about. So I don't use a tool or like an app, something like that to track every dollar that I spend. I try to focus on getting rid of the you know, bills, the monthly expenses that I have, paying them down, and then, you know, maybe eating out once or twice a month. And then the rest is, you know, just discipline. I have always kind of been blessed with the ability to be disciplined and not spend when I don't need to. Um, so when I like, I don't like shopping at all. It's just something I don't enjoy doing. And so I don't, you know, have the, the problem of wanting to go out and buy something when I don't need it. I just try to pay for what I have, my gym membership, uh, like car, gas, kind of stuff like that, food, and let the rest kind of coast. And so for the rest, um, I do try to meet some monthly kind of goals, which are first, I try to spend about $200 with my credit card every month. Um, It's not a lot of money and I do it just so I can build my credit. It's not like I need the money on the credit card. I just do that so, you know, I can build credit and I'm purchasing things that I already need like gas, uh, food, stuff like that. And I just try to do $200 with that. Um, And then another thing I do is I take about $20 a week for investing. Um, I'm kind of viewing it right now as practice for once I have, you know, my cash flow maximized and I have a full-time job. Um, It helps me practice with investing as well as, you know, maybe building something for the future even though it's $20 a week right now, it can grow into something much bigger once you stay that course. Um, And I know this style of budgeting is very tailored to people who have a lot of self-control when they're handling the money and it's not for everybody, but you know, if you can do that, if you can just pay for what you need and not have the urges to go out to eat and, you know, buy random things. I think it can be a great method for you. 
Um, and another huge part of this, a big component is maximizing cash flow. So you still have expenses and you want to come out ahead as much as possible. So I always try to work as much as possible in a way that fits my schedule within school or just life itself. Um, so when I'm in school, I work about 15 hours a week and, you know, just try to have some saving money so I can afford my expenses. And then when I'm on breaks, winter break, spring break as a college student, uh, I try working full time, 40 hours a week. Um, and that's just part of my character too. I don't want to be sitting around. So if I have no school, then I'll look for other things to do like work and, you know, if I'm not working, I'll figure out something else to do. Um, so just my my personality, I guess, has allowed me to be successful with this. The ability to be disciplined, um, you know, not having urges to spend money in places that are not necessary. Um, that's all helped me. And I can definitely see, you know, wanting to create a budget using Excel or writing down on paper, especially if you have a lot of things to keep track of. You know, if you have a mortgage, if you have, you know, health insurance policies, life insurance, bills, all that kind of stuff, I can definitely see myself going towards that model in the future. But right now I feel like my life is simple enough where I can just, you know, take care of my expenses and coast from there. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I think kind of the, again, just kind of looking at some common denominators between what you just said, Charlie and um, Austin and Aiden is, you know, the value of setting goals. So why are you saving? What's the purpose? What are you trying to achieve with your money? Having the foresight and just sitting down and just saying, hey, what are my goals for short term? What are my goals for long term? Um, and then having the discipline to either, if you want, track every penny, which is if that's your personality and if that's going to make you, um, if that's going to put you in the best position to make good decisions, go for it. If you wanted to do maybe a, a little bit more of the, what we're going to call the automatic millionaire where you're saving, um, you set your savings goals, you set your saving amount, and then just having the discipline to live on the rest. If that's your personality, do that as well. I guess the main thing is just having the discipline in order to make sure that your cash flow uh, stays positive and it can fund some of the uh, goals that you have. So if there's some takeaways, those would be the two big things. Anything you guys want to add onto that? Or just comment on thoughts, just kind of closing up our septum. Yeah, like you kind of said, the name of the game is just having goals and being intentional about filling out those goals. You got to understand what's important to you. What's important to me might not be the same as Charlie or to Aiden. But if I prioritize those things, your financial financial well-being will be taken care of. That's for sure. You just got to be mindful of it and just keep track of it. Yeah, absolutely. One takeaway that I have is that so even though you don't have as a student, because most people who are listening are college students, even though you don't have that cash flow that you would have as a full-time employee right now, these are just foundational 
kind of goals and just things that you can implement right now that will help you succeed in the future. I know that most people aren't really swimming in cash right now and they've got a lot of bills, uh, tuition, stuff to take care of. But if you can really nail it down right now and get your discipline, um, saving habits, budgeting down right now, it'll help you so much in the future once you have you know, a lot more expenses and also more cash flow. So, yep, that's my takeaway right now. Good. And kind of along those lines, I just kind of had this in my head as you were describing that, Austin and Charlie, you know, I had this uh, student in one of my classes and she would always come in with a uh, latte from Caribou. And, you know, you tell me how much those things are. Well, right now they're probably five, six bucks, right? Um, well, about seven. Seven. Well, you know, I say you enjoy your latte, but how about if you just make it at home? You know, we do it at our home. We've got a latte maker. It's what, that time it was 20 bucks. Um, I'm a cold press coffee drinker. I, instead of buying it and again, paying four or five bucks, I just make it at home. Honestly, I'd like it better. It tastes better, but there you can still have an enjoyment of, of something without and just being a lot more smart about where your dollars are going to. And heck, you, if you buy the equipment to make your latte or, or if you're like, you know, the cold press, heck, you, you pay for it. I don't know, three, four times, three or four trips and you've already paid for it. And then the rest of it is just money in the bank. So I think we can make a whole nother podcast for the unnecessary expenses people do, <laughs> you know, like coffee, supplements, gym yeah. memberships. There's things that are just crazy. Like I'm, I personally go Folgers, black coffee every day and you can get, I don't even know how many servings for 10 bucks and that saves you hundreds of dollars. It, I don't know. It gives me just a, a sick feeling, honestly, to, Think about all the money that I've lost after, you know, I would lose potentially if I spent money at one of those Starbucks caribou places. Yeah. And gym membership, instead of spending 160 bucks, just get a, a Nike app. What's that? 15 bucks a month and just yeah. do some boot camp workouts. Probably better for you anyway. Um, I think everybody knows the, the $160 a month gym membership. <laughs> who we're talking about right. but yeah you know home gym that's another thing you could really get into that's um that can save you a lot of money over a year if you're paying for a gym membership if you can invest in some equipment there you go it's done it for me yeah you're absolutely right and that'll just kind of give us some good segue into a future episode well that's all the time we have for today uh any parting thoughts before we close up shop no, sir. This is great. Yep. Excited for semester number two here. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Much appreciated. Uh, we'll have a great episode six coming up shortly, so stay tuned for that. Well, that's our episode for today. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you found one thing you can apply today to make progress with your money. In future episodes, we'll introduce something called Your Blueprint which will be a way for you to capture some of the things you've learned over the episodes into a document you can refer to as you plan your way. 
And if you have any ideas for our team to cover, please drop us a line. We'd love to cover it for you. And if you liked our episode, again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, or tell a friend about it, rate and review the podcast, and please stay tuned for more Mav Money Talks. Have a great day.